Welcome to another episode of Three Men and a War Game. I'm Paul, and I'm tearing up little pieces of moss right now. That's pretty cool. Uh, I am Kevin, and I just played a game with burbs. And I am Potter, and I am channeling my inner Huck Finn, and I am whitewashing. Hey how was your how was your first really good one? Yeah, <laughs> paint stormtroopers. It only took three years. It only, yeah, it only took three years. A paint stormtroopers. I was like, I'm whitewashing, painting all this white armor, getting some yeah, fences the, painted. The Huck, the Huck Finn reference. See, the Huck there's Finn my American. That was pretty there's, good. There's my American classic literature that I like. See, it all comes for full circle now. All right, all right. There we go. And and not only that, but you're actually painting. I am actually painting. Well, I'm contrasting. I don't know if that's painting or not. That's painting. That's painting, all right, because okay. there is paint going on a model. We're gonna start start this cussing right off. Anybody who says it's not can get fucked. It's painting. Although I, like yeah, I, I have realized that in the A stormtroopers, stormtroopers are probably the like probably the worst place to start contrasting because there's just so much flat armor on them. Yeah, you got to be pretty careful. And are you just using apothecary white? I'm just I will so my plan is to do apothecary white and then uh, come back with a dry brush of uh, the, whatever it is the compound white dry uh, dry paint that GW does. Um, can't remember the name of it. Oh, Praxetti white. I'm gonna dry brush that over top of it to bring the white armor back to pop it back out. Sure, I might. So that's right. the plan. The other thing is dry brushing with gray sear, just to bring it back to the neutral color. But yeah, I could I could probably try whatever that. works. The, yeah, the problem is my I'm gonna have to buy a whole nother pot of. Is it, oh, I did Corax white. I didn't do gray sear. Oh, all right. For the, for the base. Oh, then Prexy white's fine. If you use if you use like the bright white as the base coat, you're probably yeah. Good. I did Cor I did Corax white, but I tried it through the airbrush, um, and I don't think I'm gonna do that again. I think unfortunately I'm gonna have to drop the money on the rattle can. All right, I got the no, I got the, I got the, I got it for you. So go to Michael's. There's a company called FW Inks. This is for all the listeners. Mm -hmm. FW Inks makes an ink called Platinum White. Uh, it runs through the airbrush clean, no dilution. You just pull it out with the eyedropper and put it right in your in your uh, airbrush, and it is as exactly as advertised. It is pure platinum white, like pure white, and it's it's the best paint, white paint to put through an airbrush. Period. Uh, the problem with white rattle cans, I find, is because the white paint pigments are always bigger than the aerosol really can account for. It's really hit or miss whether or not you get a smooth coat with a white a white rattle can. Um, that's and that's actually why the contrast colors aren't pure white. Um, but anyway, uh, platinum white FW ink is super white, and uh, I'll prime something and send a picture so you can have it on the Twitter or whatever, and you can see it but highly recommended. I will definitely try it out then. And I'm just super excited that you had something for hobby progress. Like that's two weeks in a row, man. I know. Two weeks in a row. I know. Look at that. Her Wait, little Chris have, is growing up. What did I have last week? <laughs> you built your clones, man. Oh, I did build, I did build clones last week. <clears throat> I did have hobby progress. Last yeah. Week. I forgot. Yeah. Yeah. Two weeks in I a row. I built models tonight too. I built, well, look all, at that. I, I built I built a model tonight. <laughs> I built my missing hey, a I, model is model. Yeah, I built my missing uh, DLT storm death trooper for uh, for for Star Wars Legion. I found them. Boo! They're so good. Stupid OP models. They're so good for their price point. They're so good. They're ridiculous. All right, who else got hobby progress? Uh, I'm still, I'm, uh, well, I mean, slowly but surely, I got, I got a lot of work done on my fleet troopers. They're done. I am putting, uh, their jungle base on them, which is awesome because then the only thing that needs to get done on them is the, uh, black ring around the bottom. Uh, I also finished Princess Leia. She is done. Um, that made me super happy, uh, because that's all of, all of my wave two models are done. And that also means that I started on Han Solo. Moving right on to wave three, uh, I built the clones part of a starter, and I'm also down to final details on my platoon of Germans. Uh, I got 
the gun colors uh, sorted out and in progress. I just need to do the wood on the guns. I did I did the gun metal, uh, but now I'm just doing the wood. And after that, they probably have... Actually, they'll probably be done by the end of this week. So they should be finished before we record again, which will be super exciting. Very cool. So that's my progress. Nice. Very nice. I guess I should report my hobby progress. I painted some more Boltons. I got back on that uh, The Song of Ice and Fire train. I started painting my Bolton Blackguards. Um, Man, I have a lot of Sith models to paint. It's all right. Um, Slowly but surely, start getting through them. And then, you know, a couple days from now, I'm going to take a break for that Crisis Protocol. Um... But good times. Oh, I also, I built, uh, I finally, I hadn't actually built any of the Chaos Beasts for Warcry. And I took some time and I built uh, a few of them as well. Because um, it was kind of annoying every time I flipped a card where I needed them, being like, oop, actually they're not built yet, we can't use that card. So I built some. <laughs> right. But that's it for that's, me. That's good. Because hey, those, those are the ones, those are the ones you put up on... In the Discord. the Discord, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, those look good. Thanks. Yep, I uh, I like the Black Guards. They're old sculpts, I think. Uh, when you look at them, they don't look as dynamic as the new Free Folk and Nightwatch sculpts, so I think they're probably older. They just were waiting to produce them till you know, they needed some time in the range to pop a release into. But I like them just fine. They look good, um, and they paint up really nice, too. Like, they have a really, really cool, menacing look to them. Um yeah, and that the contrast scheme that I've been using works really well. I've got it down to like it's just just about thirty minutes per miniature, so I can get through them pretty quick. Wow, that's not bad. Mm-mm. So a whole unit figured six hours, maybe. Yeah, well, the basing the, actually takes right two that? hours. Um, so like eight hours for a unit. Okay, that's not bad. No, no. Especially since, you know, I've got some single miniatures that take me longer than that. I was about to say, it was like, that eight hours is like one model, depending on the model. Yep. And they look fine from table distance. Like, I've never gotten anything but compliments from them when they hit the table, so... I, uh... I'm not gonna fight the contrast tide when, you know... People can talk shit on the internet, but I pop them on a table and people are like, those are like really good. How'd you paint them? Like 100% contrast. I'm like, no way. So I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing, especially with them where the 100% contrast just fits in with the rest of the way the, way the rest of the army looks. Um, so I'm going to keep doing it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense. I mean, there's, there's no reason to uh, not do it when it works, right? I mean, you know, it's, it, and it sure as hell beats not, being painted for sure i agree with that and that's what i'm that's what i'm trying to do with these stormtroopers man like i pulled i told paul earlier like i pulled the whole imperial army out it's it's all sitting on my table i've already posted up in the uh star wars legion uh paint uh terrain group was asking some ideas on what people have contrasted their shore troopers with already so like it's the i'm getting this ready to go i've got one test unit going for my my stormies and we will see what happens with them. I'm hopefully when I get this dry brush on them, it'll they'll pop. I think the brave companions are about to start coming out too. So uh, my Boltons, my neutrals might have. It might be fun to play like a Bolton and brave companion list. That'd be pretty cool. I think. Well, I know that they said. I know today. I think they announced that the uh, neutral hero box two is coming out on Friday. Which as is well. why. Like, yeah, and the the that's why I'm thinking that the rest of the Brave Companions are going to come out because of who's in that box. Yeah, because that's what uh, Braun, Vargo, Argo, and then what's his name? Uh, so Jakar Haken, Vargo, Brienne. Uh, yeah, but yeah, um, the. I I don't know why I can't Walder Frey like it. There you go. That's every, what I was thinking of Walder Frey. Yeah. Everything leads to the Brave Companions and or, you know, the Frey uh, stuff. But I, I think it'll be, you'll, we'll see the, the neutrals. The, like, and, the, and the next neutral company really is Brave Companions. That is the, the, the unit size stuff that makes sense to bring out. So. Sounds good. 
Yeah, yeah good time because I know Baratheons are coming out this Friday. Mm-hmm. Those guys are coming out this Friday. Paul got rid of all of his Asoifi stuff, so now I gotta find people to play. Oh yeah, like there isn't a, a, a game night every week. Uh, there is now. There wasn't before that I could go to. So so luckily we have two stores that are actually supporting a Soifi here in our area. Unfortunately, one is on Tuesday nights, and I have my kids Tuesday nights, so I can't go out and play. Uh, but now... Who's Tuesday night? Hanker 18. I thought that was Thursday. No, so Game Theory was one Thursday a month. But now they have, with the... Uh, advent of miniature games growing so much at game theory lately uh they've actually uh rearranged everything and luckily with uh me working with uh brit he i gave him an idea and i don't know if he had already had this idea so i may have just supported his idea of you know stealing from chops making a skirmish night at the game store so shortly after our conversation they came out with a new schedule where like monday is sci-fi uh night I think Wednesday's a skirmish night. Thursday is going to be fantasy night. So Thursday it's going to be you know Warcry. Uh, well, I guess Warcry will be more skirmish, but like you know Age of Sigmar, uh, A Song of Ice and Fire, and any other kind of like fantasy type games can be played on Thursdays. And there's something going on Tuesdays, and I don't remember what. I think maybe Mondays are Star Wars night, and then Tuesdays are science fiction night. I think that's what it is because there's enough Star Wars games out there that they could warrant their own night. I think that's what it is. But yeah, so now I can show up on any Thursday with Song of Ice and Fire stuff at Game Theory and play. So that's going to be nice. So now I can actually go out and game two days a week, whereas before I was just doing one. So that'll be good. Nice. Nice. So, guys, uh, one other thing to bring up in this uh, intro section is that we are about a month away now from Adepticon signups. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we got to do so that. So last year was a, a, you know, due to unforeseen, unforeseen consequences situation where we couldn't meet up. Unforeseen couldn't. red lights. I was like, unforeseen yeah. Paul getting hit. Yeah, we couldn't, we couldn't make it happen. <laughs> so this year we're making it happen. I'll be there again. There's no way I won't. Um, but I'm hoping you guys are going to make it out this year. Heck yeah. That's the plan. It and, is the plan. Uh, mine's mine's going to be the iffy thing because I have some things that I am planning on doing in January that I'm not ready to talk about on the air yet. Uh, so we will see what happens with that. But if so. it does happen, we're uh, we're gonna I'm gonna call it right now and I'm gonna say we should do a three win and a war game meetup. So oh, yeah. any listeners that are gonna that are gonna be at Adepticon, uh, stay tuned for details of how that kind of thing will work out. Uh, we'll figure something out where we can either meet at um at the main hotel or one of the connected hotels and have a little throwdown in whatever lobby and just do some three minute war game meeting drinking and maybe even a little bit of edening because eden is a perfect game to play in a setting like that and if you haven't played we've all got minis and that's what i'm going to want to throw down in that kind of setting so look forward to that kind of thing happening i think and also hide your wallops because chops will be there Oh yeah, I'm gonna be at Adepticon. The Hawking <laughs> Games. Just 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 hide your wallets. If you see him there, just just go the other direction, run away, he's gonna get you to buy something. Well, I had a couple really good uh experiences with my Madison crew last year running around demoing anything on the everything that we could on the floor. So if anybody wants to play some demos with me, again, hit me up on the Discord and we will hit that vendor hall and play some demos. Yeah, I know definitely if I do get to make it up, I'm Gonna try hard for the Asoifi tournament and the Legion tournament. I think that's my. Yeah, plan. I'll be trying to play Crisis Protocol, and the really the thing I really want to do is I want to find someone dumb enough to play in the Malifo doubles with me. <laughs> well, I might be dumb enough, and you might be dumb enough to be my partner, but I might do that. I'd, I'd consider doing that with you. All right, cool. We'd have we'd have no opportunities to practice. It'd be perfect. I was like, Paul, Paul you would have to actually pick an R. You would have to actually play Malifo in third edition. That's fine. That's fine. I I've got a plan for that already. I'm I'm already I already figured out who I'm playing and what my list is. I'm good. You're gonna, I'm good. You're gonna play. I got that all figured out. You gonna play Seamus? No, 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 no. Nope. Well, I guess. We'll and have for to the see. If for all our right. listeners, I know that's the incorrect way to pronounce it. I just say it like that to piss Paul <laughs> off. 
Like, don't don't at yeah, me. And that's what don't I'm... at me in the comments. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see, I'm just uh, that's why I'm Seamus. not playing them because I don't want to hear you say Seamus. <laughs> All right. Anyway, so that's uh, that's it. Three minute war game Adepticon. It's gonna happen. We're gonna have dice to give you guys and fun stuff to do. Um, now on to the main topic. So the the topic du jour for the evening. When I talk about organized play, because I've been thinking a lot about organized play over the last couple of weeks as I consider how to run a successful uh, minis night for a new game um, with a system that doesn't have an established organized play as of yet. Um, so just, you know, ruminating on what I like about different systems. So I figured we could talk about maybe not try to reinvent the wheel or try to like come up with any new ideas for good organized play, but just talk a little bit about things that we like and what kind of our ultimate organized play uh, system would look like. Things we like, things we don't like, stuff like that. Sound good? Sounds good. Sounds perfect. So I've broken this down into a couple sections. Uh, The first section and the like, because, you know, the reason the thing to talk about is why do organized play, right? Like a good game should be able to stand on its own. And and it's true. A game like Malifo, for example, right out of the book is good for a very long time. Like the schemes and strats keep the game fresh, like super fresh. You can play hundreds of games and never really have the same experience because people are bringing different crews, different schemes even the same strat and scheme pool plays very differently depending on deployment so a lot of things matter um but the the thing about keeping the game fresh is that you know even your your grizzled vets do want new stuff right like you can only play so many times before it starts to feel samey so one of the things that i think that organized play does really well is introduced new rules and scenarios Mm -hmm. um and, you know, they can do that with lots of different ways. But one of the ways, and I think the best way to talk about this, is the way that uh, Infinity, Malifaux, and War Machine handle it. And there might be other companies that, that handle it this way. Uh, please at me in the comments because I want to know uh, what other companies do this kind of thing. But what we're talking about is like your uh, Infinity Tournament system, your Gaining Grounds, and your Steamroller. Uh, and for listeners who might not know what those are, so gaining grounds is the example because that that's the one that I know most clearly is essentially Malifaux's tournament and organized play sort of for a year system. And gaining grounds really is the tournament system, and it's a series of mm, some rules and erratas for how the game should run, like the guidelines for terrain and stuff like that, but also generally coming with some new strats and schemes so that... The ones that are in the book get a little bit of new play. And, you know, when we were in the Malifaux second edition, we had like Gaining Grounds 2015, 2016, 17, 18, etc. Um, well, really just 15, 16, 17. But those different Gaining Grounds packets all changed up the game. And as the developers learned more about it, they were able to and, and more models were released that might have had different advantages in the older schemes and strats they were able to like better balance the game around those new ways to play um and you guys i think can talk a little bit more to how steamroller works i think it's very similar yeah it it is um so i mean there's the there's the core scenarios that they that the game comes with but then yeah like you're saying every year they've got a, a yearly packet uh, at least that's how it used to be. I don't know if they've changed things where Mark III where it's more than yearly, but before it was yearly where you would do the same thing, bring new bring new scenarios in, uh, new objectives in, or you know revamp ones from the previous season to make them better, flow better, uh, more competitive. If something was weak, they'll bring it to a balance or, or things like that. that. That's what they would try to do is balance those and or bring new ones in. I mean, yep, that's the similar. Do you have anything, Paul? Is the think he nailed that? No, he. I mean, yeah, he he one hundred percent nailed it. So nothing, nothing to contribute on my part on that one. Cool. And and to be clear, that's the same kind of thing ITS does too. So ITS, and we'll talk about more. I I think ITS is the best organized play system that's out there. Um, we'll talk about why I think ITS is the best. Um, as we move through these different sort of things that we talk about. Um, but ITS also has uh, like a mission pack 
that comes with it every year. So there's like some new new uh, ways to play Infinity uh, every year because of ITS. So yeah, so another thing that we'll break into right away is uh, player rankings. Um, and that's that's something that I think, I know for sure ITS does. I don't know if there's something done in Steamroller, if the Privateer Press keeps track, or if any other companies keep track. I know that you know the, the great guys over at uh, Third Floor Wars are trying to do that. Craig and Ray are trying to do that over for Malifaux. Uh, but that's not official. That's unofficial support. And ITS is official support where you can actually submit tournament rankings. And it all, at the end of the year, culminates in a tournament called the Interplanetario that actually happens in Spain. And they fly people out there, like the highest ranking players in the world. So all the highest ranking players can actually play Infinity in one like tournament where it's just the best of the best playing. And I think that's really cool that the culmination of their organized play system that has everybody playing in their weekly game, it's good enough for weekly game nights and also good enough to have a tournament for their best players in the world. I think that's fascinating and awesome. Yeah. Uh, Privateer Press does something similar. They have, it's called the Iron Gauntlet. Um, so they have qualifiers throughout uh, the year and I'm not sure if they do overseas or not. I know, I know hundred percent, you know, there's a ton of cons uh, here in the American convention circuit that are qualifiers. There was actually just one this past weekend. Um, so, and I think JVM lost that one. I think someone else won with infernals. Uh, but so they do that where it all culminates into one big tournament at their, at privateers con, uh, in uh, Seattle, Washington, I think it's in August is when their con is. Lock and load, is that right? Lock and load, yes, lock and load. So that's that's where there's this. So the same kind of thing. Again, don't know if it's on a global scale. Uh, I do know at least at, at minimum it's a hundred percent scale. So somebody that's a little bit more in the war machine community might be able to let me know if it's global or just national. But that's really cool, right? Like that's the way to do organized play is to have it so that like because you can use you can play Steamroller uh, and your at your local game night, but you can also use those Steamroller rules to run events that are ranked, which is neat. Yeah, I mean, it, and, and for and for me, I, th- I think I think a games you know yes, like you were saying, like a game should shine on its own, you know, without a scenario or just you know just by its core rules, but. I think a really the the best way to play miniature games in my mind is, you know, through scenarios, through these objective based missions and things like that, and where you're getting these fresh new ones and these are always, you know, these missions and these scenarios that are always constantly being looked at. They're constantly being tuned to 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 make sure that they're they're uh, they're at a peak of you know efficiency for the competitive nature of the game and or just for having fun, like. You know, it's just fun to just go out there and play a mission instead of just going, all right, cool. You put your guys up. I put my guys up. We meet in the middle. We bash or, you know, we I shoot you off the board. You shoot me off the board. That's boring. Like going off the missions and the objectives is fun. And, and having these communities like, you know, uh, Infinity and War Machine and, and Malfo and the other games that are out there that do the same thing, you know, that that's brings freshness to the game year in, year out, I think. I, and, and I think it helps with the longevity of games as well, too, because if you're changing things, then people are going to have fun year in and year out because they know that they're going to get new missions. They know they're going to get new ways to play the game and they keeps them wanting to play and keeps the game fresh. For sure. And that again, that's that's what organized play is all about, right? I think I think part of the challenge, though, is that you have to have something that people are playing for. And that's one of the reasons why I think what Third Floor Wars is doing is so good, because Prior to that, way back in the day, in early second edition of Malifaux, there was a, a player ranking setup, and there was never necessarily maybe there was in England, but at least not in a, in America, there wasn't a like culmination tournament. So the goal is so it was very much like the old days of of PvP and World of Warcraft, you know, trying to get the the grandmaster. Um, so you would just kind of play to to get as high as you could and then stay up there as long as you could. And one of the things that ended up happening for a lot of top tier players is that they would get super burned out and couldn't stick with the game because it was always, okay, where's my next event? How many people are going to be there? Is it going to move me up in the rankings? And then you go and you play and and get adapted, you know, play in the rankings and see what your new ranking was and then do it again. So there was a there was a lot of burnout, and that system didn't necessarily have anything that people were playing for at the end of it. 
so I think I think that becomes very important to have that goal of, of being able to, to play and see that final step as opposed to just constantly going. Yeah, because you you went to what was sense. you went to what was supposed to be the first like nationals for Malifaux, didn't you? Up in Nova a couple years back? Yeah. Yeah, I played in the first two actually, yeah, up in Nova. I don't know if that technically is anymore. So I don't know. I don't know what's going on with that. But yeah, I mean, it wasn't like an invitational or anything like that. It was just show up and play, which is significantly different than an invitational. Yep. Yeah, an invitational or or, or like any type of build up. You know, it's not like I was going and and jumping in the last chance qualifier or something like that. It was just here's my money. I'm gonna go play. Uh, I mean, granted, there were a lot of top people there, but it's it's you know it's different. There is an opposite coin to this, right? And that is that not every player, myself included, is a tournament player. I think I've learned that like I while I do enjoy the tournament experience, I am not a tournament player. I'm like a feeder for the top tables in the first round and then I enjoy tournaments because I like rounds 2 through X, right? Um but for me, the kind of thing that that organized play can do is big narrative events. So rather than it building to me having to worry about being a very good player and my rankings and all that stuff, I honestly could give a shit. Uh, I do, however, like things like the Asteroid Blues campaign, which was this year's online campaign for Infinity. Uh, and even though I wasn't playing in it, it was really fun to watch because, you know, how that works is you play by your faction and you report back battle reports. And based on how you play and how your faction plays, it had effects in the Asteroid Blues campaign and they actually had story releases after the ranking releases for each week. And at the culmination of it, they had fundamental things that are changing in the game and how the releases were going to actually be structured for the for the following year based on the outcome of the, the campaign. And again, that happens through organized play. So super cool and another really good way to make, keep the game fresh. And Malifaux did something similar too, like right at the end of second edition. Yeah, they had the actually. I think the, our first episode we had talked about it, where they had the campaign with, between Malifaux and and you were trying to get the other side faction and the Malifaux faction and and all oh, that yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah figure, figuring that. out. Yep, figuring out the yep. fate between Lady J and Nicodem. Yep. Yep. Yeah, that was the event that killed Nicodem. It was, and then that, and they had to write the lore based on how that actually panned out with the players turning in their battle reports. Yeah, I, I will say that for one thing, you know, for Malif for or for Weird in general with what they do, like, you know, outside of organized play from a competitive standpoint, like they have great annual organized and, you know, events, global events around the world like that. You know, they're one of the few games that actually I see making strides to go, OK, cool, we're going to do this global campaign this year. Uh, this is what we're, we're the outcomes that we're trying to push uh, from a story perspective. All right, you guys go play the story. And, you know, here's your here's your organizational play kit for this, you know, the scenario that we're pushing. And then the fact that they take the outcomes of like what happens with these missions and they actually put them into their books. They 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 killed models off. Like, again, I'm not one for killing off models in, in a game like this, because, again, people spend their money. They have their stuff like you shouldn't take it away from them. But the fact that, like, they push their narrative that way based on player interaction from their organized play is amazing. And I, I love that Weird does that. Yeah, Corvus Belly and Steamforged both do it too. I, and I, I honestly, I think Corvus Belly does it the best, uh, teaming up with Beasts of War and doing their yearly campaigns. But yeah, Weird is also right up there. And again, that's just, I think, a thing that like, if I had to pick you know, my favorite way to run organized play and my favorite way that different companies run it, I think having those big narrative campaigns that the entire worldwide audience for a game can get invested into is a really cool way to do it. Yeah, I mean, I could... As much as I tried with like Privateer Press, they they would do the same thing back in the day. In, in Warhammer, it, it did the same thing with 40k in, in Fantasy back in the day. It's like I never could get into them because there was nothing lasting about it. Like there was no impact. You know, it was cool to get with my buddies and my you know and our friends and and create our own narrative stories out of all this stuff. But like from a from a story perspective that the company is doing. They never really pushed it, and so it was always hard for me to get behind those. But when I saw the, like what they were, what Weird was doing, and that was that's my only experience with it since I've maybe had like one game of Infinity in my pocket. But uh, the 
the narrative that they were pushing with the other side and with Malifaux at the same time when it was coming out, like I thought that was fantastic and phenomenal. I, I wish I could have participated in it more. For sure. Yeah, and private the the challenge with Privateer Press is that the story would drive their their narrative campaign type stuff, and Weir took it and flipped it on the head. Yeah, right. So that's that's kind of the difference there. And I mean, I I always had great respect for this stuff that Privateer Press was doing with their narrative, because like, quarterly they would put out a, a new narrative uh, scenarios, and they were always really good. Very different from what you would experience in Steamroller. Um, just unfortunately, nobody plays them. Right. And I mean, again, I mean, I will give Privacy Presses as well too. They they also push their narrative. You know, they kill off characters. They they expand on character story arcs. So I don't want to say that they don't. Uh, you know, these other companies do. But I I at least will say with Weird and, and to your point, Corvus Bellies. And I don't have any interaction with that since I don't play Infinity. But you know, they actually are taking player feedback for that, and that's where I commend those guys. For sure. Yep, that's a hundred percent true. All right, so that we talked about ways to keep the game fresh, and that's like the free ways to keep the game fresh, and that's one of the important things that organized play can do, and in a way to draw people in. But there are people who don't care about that, and they just want to show up and play week to week. So another way that organized play is able to reward those type of players is with prize support. Um, and I think organized play kits come in a lot of different shapes and sizes. Um, and you know, and, and those run the gamut from the weekly sort of prizes and things to like, like participation stuff to prize kits for tournaments. And I, I think a good organized play system, a well-rounded organized play system does both for players and for, for tournament organizers. Um, but let's talk about what those different things mean. So let's, let's talk about first and foremost around maybe non tournament style. So like weekly game night OP kits. Um, so, you know, this could be something like a company giving out like, or sending out or even the like local community manager or LGS uh, paying for the kit. And the kits got stuff like acrylic tokens or special edition dice or alternate art cards. And I don't know, how, do those things motivate you guys to get out and play organized play events at the stores? Uh, at the very, at the very least, it motivates me to give the store five dollars so my name is on the list so I get the stuff. <laughs> I mean, That's yeah, fair. I that I I'm a, I'm a little in Paul's camp, but I also I will say like for me, I never really pushed me to do it at all in the past until I saw I saw what FFG was doing with their stuff, and then it was like, okay, I'm gonna go into all the the league plays with these kits because these cards and tokens are really cool. Exactly. And that, I mean, that started all the way back to Netrunner for me. Yeah. And this is Fantasy Flight's strong point. They're really good with that. You yeah. know, it, as soon as one ends, they have another kit ready with, with whatever right. news shiny has come out with an all art card for it or new tokens. Um, my problem is that I don't have the attention span for leagues. The moment that I feel like I'm obligated to be there playing every week, I don't want to do it. I think for I me, the that. way that you do that is like you, you, you show up once and you get some of the stuff, right? Like, I, I don't know that I, I care to make a person come back over and over again because I know people can't make it every week. And I don't want people to feel like if they don't make it, they're going to miss out. Um, but also, I, you know, there could be things like maybe an organized play kit has one alt model. So you run a league and then at the end of the, 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 the league, everybody like votes on who should get the alt model or whatever, right? Or you have some sort of culminary tournament or whatever, right? Some some good way to give out that alt model. Um, but that's another way you do that. And those cards, like who cares, right? Those kits aren't that expensive and you just give out the cards to everybody. It just is good. Right, and that's that's what they do. Like 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 I'll get my my fantasy flight art cards just for, you know, sure. giving my $5 to join the league, which is fine. I just like it's it's just totally however my mindset works is like hey you have to do this and I shut down and say nope not doing it I don't well, know I why it is cool. it sucks it's dumb but yeah I mean well th th there was a there was a Malifaux <laughs> campaign that you ran Paul 
and you you like pressing me into like going to it. And I, I did not want to play. I did not want to play Malifaux. I did not want to do it. And he pressed me into it. And I know that I think I maybe played one game in the league. And I don't remember what your qualifier was for it. But at the end of it, like I played one game out of like whatever, four or five weeks of, of this league. At the end of it, I got an alt uh, McMorning. And I was like, this is really cool. Yep. And I was really happy. Like, I walked away with an all, like, that was a cool thing. Like, I didn't feel like I was pressed into anything. It was a nice surprise. Again, I don't know what the qualifier was for me getting this alt model, but that was a really cool thing. I don't remember what it was either. But that, I mean, yeah. that's what, so if we, if yeah, we look at what Simon is doing with A Song of Ice and Fire, their game night kits come with like a, a dozen alt models. Oh, good Lord. Their, their kits are amazing. And their tournament kits are great too, because. I mean, the, the last tournament I went with where Britt ran one here, there was so many free models that he just handed out to people. Like, he was creating Yeah, those, those were all qualifiers. from the game night kits. Yeah, he was creating qualifiers to give models to people because he just had so much stuff. Yeah. That's super cool. Well, and, and the important thing, too, with that is that, you know, especially if you're running tournaments, you have to make sure that you're not only giving prizes to the people that are podium. Yeah, and we'll get there. Right? Yep. Because the longer the longer you do that, the more you're going to see the same people up there, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, I agree. I think for the – and the way that like our – so our Malifaux henchman typically runs tournaments is that um, everybody gets a thing, right? Like if you participate, there's a prize, but then most of the prizes are just raffled off. Yeah, see, that's how ours does it. Rather than them being strictly for Podium. Um, and the way that it's been mm-hmm. done in the past is that Podium gets first choice of the prize that they want, and then the rest just get raffled off. Yeah, so our our, our local hench, uh, she does something similar. She does everybody that goes to the tournament gets a raffle ticket, and then you get a raffle ticket for having a fully painted army, and then there's like, and I think she does a raffle ticket if like you show up in costume and there's like other things where you can earn like extra raffle tickets. And then, uh, then she does, she does a paint competition. She does the raffle and then podium gets their prize support as well too. So like that way, everyone has a chance to walk away with something. Uh, and like, again, you're, you're automatically entered just by showing up and you're obviously encouraged to do other aspects of the game. Uh, like all a painting, which because I know Malifaux is a supposed to be a fully painted army for competitiveness, but not anymore. You know, oh, not anymore. They changed it. So back in the day, it was. But you know, she was very like you know, just there. Your models do what you want. I'm encouraging painting by offering this incentive for you to get another raffle ticket for yeah, you to that's get prizes. Really cool. So that's how she did it. So it's not more of this long of the lines of like, hey, you're millennial, you get a prize for just showing up. It's you have a chance to earn things or or to to get things. It's not guaranteed, but you get a chance. That's neat. And and this segues me into the next thing. So how do you guys feel about chaseable prizes? And if you're not familiar, uh, this is something that Games Workshop does a lot now, and I don't know how I feel about it. Um, but like Warcry, for example, the organized play kit has medals, like badass minted metals that are really really cool and shade spire uh, or sorry warhammer underworlds the uh the prize is like a piece of shade glass and you know that creates a, a, a sort of an atmosphere where people will travel from from venue to venue to try to win the tournaments um to get those cool prizes how do you, how does that like uh sort of hit you guys do you like that kind of prize support and organized play support or are you not into it i mean to me, it's just a different thing. I wouldn't participate in it, but it doesn't bother me that it exists. I think we sometimes see stuff like that in some of our local tournaments. Tournaments, maybe maybe less so, but like for our local Song of Ice and Fire events, uh, the winner gets a, a hand of the king button to hold—not a button, but an actual like like straight out of the show pin to be neat. able to. Yeah, and they take it to the next tournament and then pass it off to the whoever wins that one. Well, you can also be challenged for it any time before the next tournament as well, too. Correct. So it, it kind of gives that, that motivation, and, and it, it makes it neat. Uh, so, I mean, I like that type of stuff. It's kind of interesting when you look at it from, like, a, a, we're traveling to different communities and, and stuff like that and trying to find a community where you can win it. That's fun. Yeah. I mean, I think the I think the trophies and the you know the glass or or whatever like in the old the old the old uh 
you know hardcore GW tournaments back in the day with the 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 those uh, those price points. I can't remember what the trophies were called, but whatever they were, like th- those are fine to me. Uh, it's it's where we get into monetary prizes where I start getting a little like bothered by it. And yeah, I think that's like, not for me. Yeah, and you know, I know magic is like big in that area, so like that kind of stuff is probably where I would draw the line is the monetary buyout because then you're really like trying to turn that into a profession. And for me that just takes away from the fun of the game. And and if that and if people are enjoying doing that and that's what they're doing, like that's that's you. Like I'm glad that works for you. For for me as a personal standpoint, like that's just I can't turn my hobby into my job. You know. It just it's not fun for me then. For sure. And Paul, the thing you said about the pin, that actually reminds me of my very, very favorite flavor of prize support. I don't know if you guys know this, but there's a specific item that comes kind of like the alternate art cards with every ITS tournament pack, which is, again, the Infinity tournament pack, and it's patches. Right. Because anybody who knows that has seen yeah has seen infinity carrying bags like infinity carrying bags have like this velcro material on them to put patches on them and this is if if you're out at a local like if you guys if you if you're listening and you don't play infinity look at infinity players next time you go to like a big convention look at their bags and you'll see all of them are loaded with patches and the cool thing is it's such a big part of the community now that when a to makes a tournament they will commission a patch for the tournament so you'll see those tournament patches on people's bags you'll see local metas will have their own chapters and there's like a Mm -hmm. big part of the meta where when you meet up at a big event and you play somebody you exchange patches so that like your bag is sort of like a badge of honor of the type the people that you've played against and the stuff that you've done and the ITS seasons also have those patches so you could say yeah I was part of ITS season 9 or 10 or whatever and those kind of and you can and there's patches for each faction and uh, and and under each faction uh, even each um, sectorial army has their own patches so you can sort of rep your faction on your bag too Um, and that you know like not every game can have that because that's part of infinity's identity but that is in my opinion one of the coolest organized play prizes is just it has nothing to do with the game itself but it really is a way that like connects the players to the community and the game that they're playing in and ultimately that is the point of organized play yeah i'm gonna have to check out the uh the Infinity guys. The next time I have an Atomic for to look for that. Oh I yeah, dude! That. I guarantee you they'll have patches on their bags, hundred percent. And that's one of the things that Ed wanted to bring up is that you know if you you got to come up with something interesting for people to walk away from because if you're going to you know a tournament every month and it's always the same prize kit rewards. It's going to get boring. So you got to come up with interesting ways to reward people that show up. And a lot of times, especially if you're raffling off your your physical prizes, like your your miniatures or you know your mystery boxes and and all that type of stuff, you still want to have something to give to the people that did well. And you can come up with right. and, and get cheap cheap trophies, cheap dog tags, cheap pins, buttons, all that type of stuff to commemorate the 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 game and the and the day. And, and that just is far more memorable for people, I think, than, oh, look, I got another alt Karis. Let's throw it in the pile with the other 17 of them. You know, so so you want it. Yeah, right. man, I got my horse's ass trophy. Yeah, exactly. Exactly what I'm, I'm thinking. My, seriously, I have a trophy that's a horse's ass because I brought a really, 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 really shitty list. <laughs> to a tournament and it was super annoying and all the players had to vote on who had the the like basically what was the most frustrating list to play against yeah, exactly stuff like that <laughs> makes I won it that. interesting and and you'll remember like you'll look at that horse's ass trophy and you'll always remember that list you'll remember that day you'll probably visually remember some of your games and that's a lot more interesting than if they had given you a box and you had gotten a model that you already had would never even remember where I yeah, got it. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. You probably would have already sold for fifteen bucks on you know Facebook group yep. or whatever, or like a gilder. Yeah, or whatever. exactly. So that's yeah. that's far more memorable, and that's the kind of stuff that you want to do, and especially with if it's something like you know a dog tag, you know you can put the the name of the event and the date on there, and then you you get one for you know a basic one for everybody and then you get like a, a gold silver and bronze one for first second and third so then everybody walks away with something and then on top of that you raffle off the other stuff 
Yeah, I've got to. Uh, I need. I think I need to get some uh, Song of Ice and Fire games into practice because Brit is doing something very similar to that to make it more memorable for the next tournament. He's bringing a hip flask that's got like you know a, a, a saying from the show as one of the prize supports for like the top four players. That brings me. That's gonna be it. That's one of these things. Are like that's a memorable thing. Like, that's gonna something I'm gonna have in my house that's tangible. That's not a model, a mini. I'm not gonna. It's just not gonna be something I will get anywhere else. I'm gonna know. I got this from that tournament that Brit threw ran because this is freaking cool. And it you. Know, I want that. <laughs> yeah, miniatures are the least interesting it. thing you can walk away from in a tournament, like in hand. Yeah. Yep, hundred percent agree. I've got some ideas for crisis protocol stuff already, but I want to leave that for another episode and a tournament announcement when that starts to roll around. Um, but it, so, and, and I really like that. And Paul, I think you know another like to to go back to your point. You know, acrylic trophies are easy to to easy to to get, and like there's companies like Denny's and all sorts of. Uh, trophy makers out there where you can just like send them a piece of art and then what to go like have best painted best in faction whatever 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 and get those things printed so that and you know and for a pretty inexpensive price so that when your players pay 10 or 15 bucks for the tournament entry it can easily cover the cost of you know everybody walking away with something that reminds them that they did that turn yeah and you can you could even just do something simple and get like a cheap ass frame from the dollar store print up a piece of art from the game and put like first place and, you know, leave a line, you know, it's, it's more, it's more personal, you know, and it's a little bit nicer, mm-hmm. nicer to hang up and it costs you a handful of dollars and that's about it, you know, but it, it but again, it's about making it memorable and, and things like that, that are personalized to the event are going to make it far more interesting, far more memorable. And your players are going to appreciate it so much more. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm mm-hmm. more inclined to come to a, a tournament that's going to give me something like that than you know, you know, like you said, the the six carats that I've gotten. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And like, I felt like every every uh, mystery box from Weird had a carat in it. Shit. Yeah. I think we've uh, we've covered all the stuff, right? Some trope. We got trophies covered. Prize support covered. Um, what are some uh, final thoughts? Like, what's a, the the what what are, what are you hoping for for uh, organized play in the game that you're playing over the next year? Like, what what are some things? Like, what are what are you looking to do? Looking to run, especially since now a couple of us are trying to step up as community organizers, and we can leave this as sort of final thoughts as well. Uh, so for me, with Crisis Protocol looming and with me trying to step in that area, I'm really looking forward to like trying to run either events and or scenarios or creating my own scenarios or things like that that are very much based off kind of you know the marvel world comic events i think that would be really cool to do something like that in those events and you know and and to me the price support for those could be really cool with you being such a marvel being such a broad area you know with you could bring you know comics figures you know toys whatever like something that's going to be unique you know just go grab like a, a, an action figure bronze it or something and bring it there like boom there you go like that's unique you know things like that i think that that'll be fun to do and those are the kind of things i'm thinking of like as i'm going into to try and step in that area for for that game man for me i'm in this weird place where right now i'm kind of burned out on organized play and i just kind of want to keep my head down and just play but it's a phase it'll pass all right for me i i'm uh Looking forward to what uh, Asmodee has in store for Prices Protocol because we talked about FFG, right? Uh, and they typically have really good organized play systems. And I'm also looking forward to implementing uh, my own kind of method of uh, keeping the, the you know community engagement. And I'm just really uh, looking forward to being a, a person who is running an organized play going forward for the next year. Sounds awesome. Good. Yeah, that's good. All right. Well, thank you to all of our uh, patrons for supporting us each month. We we greatly appreciate it. Uh, thank you to everybody hanging out on the Discord. Please come join our Discord. It's a great place. Thank you to Static as a City for the great music at the top and bottom of the show. Go check them out. They're on Spotify. Is there anything else? Uh, social media. Social media. Yeah, come find us on, on Instagram and 
Twitter and, and Facebook uh, at Three Men in a War Game. It's the number, not the word. And uh, that's that's about it. Thanks for listening. Thanks, everybody. Bye. How is the uh, Cone Boy? Oh, Cone Boy is, you know, he's doing the thing. It was humorous as hell walking, watching him walk around in the gimp socks. What'd he do? Why is he in a cone? So he went, I let him out tonight, uh, and he went tearing off into the backyard and had the zoomies out in the backyard. There's fresh snowfall, and he went just fucking crushing around in the backyard, and he came back inside, and we were trying to set the house up so that when... We had some company come over. The dogs wouldn't jump all over them. Uh, and then we looked around the house, and there was blood all over the carpets. And we're oh, like, no. oh, no. Where is this coming from? And it was PJ's foot. He, like, busted one of his nails open. Ah, so that's we good. put some. We have some, like, special dog disinfectant. It's just, like, blue shit. And we sprayed mm-hmm. his foot with the blue shit. And then we put a antibacterial sock on him and then we put the gimp socks the shoes on him so he couldn't and then had to do the cone so he couldn't tear the shoes off and we put we didn't want to put uh... one on we didn't want to put one on because then he'd be real dumb so we put the two on right you got to match the tires so (laughs)